Welcome back to the Don't Worry About It podcast, where we talk all things mental health related, from anxiety to depression, from happiness to sadness, and all emotions and feelings in between. My name is David Izzo, and I started this podcast to help facilitate conversations related to mental health topics. On this week's episode, I sat down with Chloe Rudensky to hear how she has overcome the uncertainty that COVID-19 has had in her life, how she was able to grow and gain the confidence that she's always deserved, and how she was able to turn her learning disabilities into her strengths. Chloe's story is one that it completely inspires me, and I think it'll inspire all of you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Chloe Rudensky, welcome to the Don't Worry About It podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited that you agreed to come on. I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself to the audience. Yeah, hi everyone. I'm Chloe. I'm 26. Um, I live in Manhattan and I'm a teacher on the Upper East Side and originally from Lawrence in the Five Towns. Um, Why did you agree to come on to this podcast? Um, Your best friend, my boyfriend Matt, told me that I would be... It'd be really cool for me to like speak about my experience during COVID. So I'm also super outgoing and like like to talk. So I figured why not? Great. You know, mental health is a, such a massive topic that's impacted so many, especially during COVID. How has your mental health been affected by COVID-19? Um, I think for everyone, it's kind of crazy how it's been a whole year with COVID. Um, definitely in the beginning when it first started, since I'm a teacher, my student was like one of the first 30 people in New York to have COVID. So I remember like it was prim. I I like closer than how we're talking right now. Like I was like, you don't look well. And she's like, no, I don't feel well. Turned out she had Corona. And then my whole school shut down the next day. And I think like no one knew what was going on. Like I was only class that had a quarantine for two weeks. And it was just a very scary, scary situation. So I went home and lived with my family. And, you know, my parents were like empty nesters. We're all out, out and all of a sudden we're all home. And my sister lives in LA and my other sister was in the city. And we all just came home. And switching, especially as a teacher, like so much is hands-on that to make it a virtual school was very challenging. Um, I, there was days where I was like freaking out and I was like, I'm not doing enough. Uh, whatever I'm doing is not good enough. Um, they're gonna fire me, like they don't need me anymore. I was hearing that a lot of teachers were getting fired or furloughed and I was like panicking. I was like, they really don't need me. And I was in charge of like coming up with fun activities and I'll explain what how this relates into later. But um, that was my job. Like, you know, everything that I was doing in the classroom, I was just in charge of doing the activities. And I just felt like that, I mean, good, I'm still getting paid the same and like not doing nearly as much. So like, I'm not gonna complain about the same time. like kind of freaking out that they were going to slowly get rid of me. Wow. So you had all this uncertainty going on like the rest of the world and then also had, you know, your whole living situation change. You go back home, your siblings come home. Then you're now as a hands-on teacher having to be forced to be virtual and then the creeping doubts and the uncertainty and the anxiety of whether I'm even going to keep my job and what happens if I don't keep my job. How did you hold it all together? I, it was really like, it was like... For the first two weeks where I was home and I was quarantine, quarantining, it was kind of nice just because like I haven't seen my parents in a while and I was able to like go out and walk around my neighborhood and like have like the fresh air and have and have space not being in my apartment where everyone was starting to wear a mask and like it was all crazy like everything was shutting down. Um, so in the beginning it was it was nice. I kind of liked being home. I didn't have to commute to the Upper West Side, which was a horror. Um, I was trying to find the positive sides. I'm like, oh great, like, I don't have to wear skirts every day. Um, But then I started not sleeping and I was gonna sleep at like four in the morning, five in the morning. Um, And just like real anxiety, like just like freaking out inside my head. And like, I'm like, I have to calm myself down or like, I'm gonna make myself go crazy. Um, I think what really, held me together was like i'm like i have to stop worrying because everything's out of my control like everyone it's not just me that's going through this you know like i i'm the person that always has a plan i'm the person that's always like okay this night i'm doing this this night i'm doing that 
it was the first time in my life where I had to take a pause and take a step back and be like, okay, like what's good for me? Like what do I need to do? You know, self care. Exactly. Which I never really do. I worry a lot about others. And I was just like, it was kind of scary to this reality that I'm like, I'm like worrying so much about myself. It was like freaking me out. Like so much time being alone with myself. Um, once I stopped worrying, everything kind of fell into place. Yeah, usually, you know, it's always fun. People talk about the beginning and the end, but I, I always find the, the middle of what it was like going through it and had you eventually got past it. And you mentioned you weren't sleeping. That must have really affected your life when you're exhausted and trying to do your job and, and function. What were those days like? Oh, my gosh. And not only am I just a teacher, I also live in a moisture house where um, I would host seven events a month. So, like, two weeks, two events per week. Wow. Um, so, like, that became virtual. And, we, and we've been doing it virtual for, for a year now, and we just had an event the other night. So it was, instead of seven in-person events, it was becoming, like, I think it was seven virtual or four, I don't even know. And it was just like, whoa, this is just like a whole change. Um, yeah, and I wasn't sleeping. I was like on the app house party with my friends, like every night, just like FaceTiming people that I haven't really spoken to in a long time. So that was like kind of nice. Um, and then I was like, you know what? This is like a crazy time. Like no one's really seen me. Um, I'm going to make a change. I was like, I'm going to start eating really healthy. And I'm going to go sleep early and I'm going to work out. That was my plan. I'm like, I want to lose weight. I ended up like losing like 20 pounds. Because it was really the first time in my life where I really just like just stopped worrying and just like did what was best for me. I put myself first and I didn't have any distractions, which is really nice. Living in the city can get so crazy. I used to go out every single night. I was never just coming home and just not doing anything. That wasn't like everyone knew Chloe, like all over Instagram, all over social media. I had my own page, like on the go Chloe, like everyone knew like I was always doing something. So now I couldn't do anything, you know? Wow. So you're this outgoing person planning your whole day, control, 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 everything is booked, 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 COVID hits, completely destroys your schedule and you're knocked on, knocked on your butt, you have to figure out a way to get structure back in your life. Now that you've been able to start building it out, what lessons have you kind of learned that you didn't know before? Like what's changed the most? Um, I tend to be like a really stressed out person and worry a lot and I really was just like, I have to stop worrying and I always find like, since I'm, I'm also in grad school now, like, I always find that, like, your weakness always becomes your strength. Like, your struggles, like, they make you stronger. Um, when I was working and I was doing activities, I was like, they're going to fire. I don't know. Like, I don't I didn't even want to go back to that school for the following year, but no one knew what was happening. I ended up running my own backyard camp that summer. And I would have never have done that, but one of the moms saw that was doing the fun activities on Zoom, she's like, wow, you should start this camp. So like, that pushed me to go into grad school. Cause I was like, I would have never probably have enrolled in grad school if I haven't gone through what I had to go through. Cause that's what pushed me to do that. I was like, wow, I can create a whole schedule and run it on my own and do fun activities. And I never had that opportunity to do that until the summer, until Corona. So, um, that was a that was a big deal and then when i was freaking out about my job because i knew they weren't going to hire me because they were cutting everyone i had so many different jobs lined up i'm like okay i'm all set and then like a week before the job to start sorry we don't need you it wasn't until like labor day and i was i was making money throughout the summer because i got paid so there's only one week of the whole year that I, I got unemployment, that was it. Like, wow, that's very, you know, most people don't, didn't have that experience. So it's in a way very lucky and very good for you. And starting that camp, you said you didn't know what, you know, you weren't, weren't you going to roll in grad school. What was your plan before? My plan was just to be a teacher and work in school and do my moisture house events. But like, I also was, I was, okay, so basically the moisture house, I do seven events in person and they subsidize half my rent, up to 75% of my rent. So you're in my apartment right now. I pay very little for my room, and it's really great. Um, and I was nervous. I'm like, what if they kick me out? What if they don't? What if they don't do the rent subsidy anymore? Like, you know, like there's all these what ifs, what ifs. I'm like, I'm just gonna ride it out. Um, 
I didn't know my plan and I always have a plan. And I was, I turned 26 in July and my dad's like, you need to find a job with benefits. You're not on the healthcare. I was just like freaking out. And it's like funny to think about this because it was so long ago, but it's like, it was real like, like struggles. Like I was freaking out. What were those freakouts like? Yeah, you know, everyone says they're freaking out. Can you explain what, what freaking out? Like, what was that to you? Like, sweating, not sleeping. Um, I have this, like, I don't want to say disease condition where it's called vasovagal and it's like you faint. Like, I, and that didn't happen to me. It happened to me the, in March, right when Corona happened, and I came home and I, like, fainted because I was so, like, shaken and it, like, my body couldn't handle it. When I say, like, the freakouts, I mean, like, my sister, she has a really great job and like, she, you can't, if she's in the kitchen, you can't go in the kitchen because she's working. So it's like, my house is big, but yeah, it felt kind of small that like, I didn't have my own space. And even though my house is way bigger than my apartment. So I was like, I'm going back to the city. And I was scared to be alone in my apartment for two weeks. You know, all the riots are happening, all the protests. And I was like, I don't, but I just did it. And I was so scared to be alone in my apartment, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, and... I, yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen, and I was working my ass off this summer, like, driving an hour to Westchester every day, driving back. I was exhausted, but I did a lot. I went camping, like, every weekend, which I would never normally do. I was, like, hanging out at the beach all the time. I went surfing. Um, I went hiking all the time. Like, I really was just immersing myself in, in nature, and, like, when I was in the city, I think I walked all of Manhattan. I would just after work, like I would walk for three hours just to clear my head. I needed to be out, you know? Right, you had all that energy bound up inside of you. And I, I know personally speaking from my own experience, being trapped in the suburbs, you know, there's a lot of space, but you feel so, you can get so confined even if there's space for you to go and just figuring out where to go. Walking, I mean, so many people I've spoken to take, took, took up walking in the summer. Like so many people have said they walked their towns. I remember I walked from end to end of my own in Englewood and it was just very interesting just to see all these people kind of, break off from their normal schedule and you kind of learn a little bit about yourself and what you're capable of mm -hmm. and maybe some people find out what they're not capable of. You know, was this the first time in your life that you were challenged like this? To, to see, to look inside yourself and find and find out who you are and what you want to do? I think I have like a strong identity with who I am. Um, I know like what I'm capable of. Like, I'm like very like... <laughs> I don't want to say, stop. Like, I'm like the type of person that, like, if I walk home from work and it's an hour, like yesterday, I, it's really hard because, like, I haven't worked out since I'm also in grad school. I'm working and I'm doing my virtual events. Like, in the summer, it was so easy for me because it was nice out. So I was just working out. But now I think I've been the busiest I've ever been during COVID, which I honestly prefer being busy than not. Right. I'm lucky and I'm fortunate that I'm making money and I have a job. Um, but, like, I don't have time to work out. So, like, yesterday, I was like, okay, I had, like, to stay late at work, so I call a parent, and then I was like, I don't care, I'm walking home, it's nice out, like, I'm going to be late to my Zoom class for grad school. It's only five minutes late, but I'm very, I'm very, like, if I start walking, I'm not hopping on the subway, like, I will walk the whole thing, and I've always been like that, even before COVID. Um, but challenged in different ways, like, not seeing my friends, like, I'm... I was, I, when I say, I was hosting events, you know, that was my life. Like every Friday night hosting Shabbat dinners, going to Shabbat dinners. Um, Daybreakers, right? Yes, my sober raves that I miss. Those were very interesting. For those that don't know, can you explain what a daybreaker is? I think I've been to eight and they actually like interviewed me. Um, it's so funny. I can get, basically when I moved into the city, I was like, I don't want to go to all the same things I've been going to, you know, like classic Upper West Side parties or like the same dinners and stuff i wouldn't know i'm not that fun oh, okay well i was like going to the same things and i'm like it's 60 dollars here 70 dollars here i'm like there has to be free free jewish stuff you know right and that's how i i wound up finding the moisture house and now i live here it was perfect for me but you know it's my first year in the city i really wanted to go to this thing called daybreaker i heard of that i'm like that sounds cool like a sober rave i like Six in the morning. So it's a sober rave, early in the morning. Sober rave from six to like no, six to like seven it's yoga, and then from seven to nine it turns into a, a, like a rave, like but everyone's sober because like, I mean I guess people drink at five in the morning, but it, that's not the point. The point is just like tap fun and like let loose, and it's like the weirdest experience. But I think everyone should definitely go. Like 
I've never been to a rave because, like I said, I'm not that fun yet. Maybe <laughs> one day. But is, is everyone dressed up in, like, neo colors and just dancing people, and going Yeah, nuts? they have themes. But people get really into it. Like, and you go before work. That's what's really cool. So it's like, I was like, I need to try this. I like trying, doing new things at least once. Like, experiences. Like, this city has so much to offer. So it's like, I'm happy that I have those experiences. Because now you can't do those things anymore. You know? Right. So... I remember my friend was gonna come with me. I didn't want to go alone my first time. I like take an Uber at like five in the morning. It's like so dark out, and my and my friend couldn't come with me last minute. I had a free ticket, and I begged my roommates to come. My best friends, I'm like, guys, I have a free ticket. Come, they're, they're like, no, I'm like, Ooh. I I couldn't understand how my friends would want me to go alone, and I was just like, if someone was like, Chloe, I have a free ticket. Well, it is six five in the morning. I know, but still, I was just like, I mean, this is when I was like. First back in the cities, I was like 21 after college. And I was just like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't understand why someone, why my friends wouldn't want to go with me. Like it was the other way. And someone's like, Chloe, I have a free ticket for you. And you don't I would go. go. And that was the first time where I realized like, okay, I'm really different from my friends. Like they're my friends, but like, doesn't mean you have the same interests. As- of course. And that was like a really like weird moment for me to realize that like, and this is when I was young, but I was like, you know, your friend, they're your friends, but, like, I just couldn't understand, like, in a way, I'm, like, they're being kind of selfish, letting me go alone, like, why would they just, but then I'm, like, okay, but I'm being selfish, like, they don't want to get up early, you know, and I went by myself, the first time I ever went, I went by myself, and I was, like, damn, that's pretty brave of me, like, I would never do that, and it was just, like, such a cool, like, powerful thing for me to do that, and then I just kept on going, and I made friends, I found people I actually knew that went, and, yeah, that's kind of just like, I just started doing things on my own and experiencing things on my own. And then I started an Instagram called On The Go Club I don't use it anymore. But I would just post like fun, free things that I find in the city. And people would message me all the time like, hey, Chloe, I'm coming in with my boyfriend. Do you have something for, do you, can you recommend something for us? And it wasn't me posting on social media to like brag about things. It was me to share and me to be like, hey, I found this like Dunkin' Donuts is giving out free coffee on Union Square or whatever come here it wasn't like to brag or, or show off it was to be like this is what's happening check it out so you basically at this point like had a big transformation you started changing you found out that you were capable of doing these new things and you decided i'm going to be the most active i can possibly mm-hmm. be and now you're going at all these things and it seems like to me that you're basically like hey, guys the world's going out look outside your window the world's moving get outside yeah. and go i i couldn't understand how people live in the city and don't do anything. I'm like, the city is expensive. There's so many free things to do. Like, take advantage. Right. You know, like go out and see. But not everyone's like me. Right. And that was that. A, that was a big realization for you. That was. That, that people, was. When yeah. people, when you realize that people don't think the way you think and aren't the way you are. I don't know if that sounds like silly, just because like no, I, I'm an adult now. But like back then, I was like, I just couldn't understand why my friends wouldn't go with me. Like I paid forty dollars for the ticket. And I'm like, I have a free ticket. Come. They're like, I'm not waking up early. Right. I was like, what do you mean? So that was a big flashpoint for mm-hmm. you into really seeing the change in, in, in who you were and who you are. You know, you mentioned social media and posting all these things. I personally think social media is such a massive topic right now, especially mm-hmm. with mental health and the documentaries and, and stories that have come out about what social media does to engage us and to change us. It's breeding anxiety and discomfort and all these and FOMO and all these things that are going yeah. on. How has social media impacted your mental health? funny i actually just saw on instagram yesterday i was like saw something and then i was like wait they got rid of the likes like you can't like you can see who liked your photo but no one else can see and i was like wait that's crazy they got rid of likes which i thought was great like you know likes 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 like my social media is very present because like, i just like post to show like what i'm doing and like fun things to do um when I say I don't care about likes, I don't know, that might seem like I'm lying, but like, I just post to post. There's people which, it kind of scares me, like, like if you unfollow them, they'll freak out and message you, did I do something wrong? Like, no, I just like don't care to see, you. and we're not friends, why would I follow you? People get really offended, and that's like really scary to me, like, so many people unfollow me, and I don't, I don't search who's doing it, but, then I went back to my Instagram and I saw that the likes were still there and that you could see it. So I was like, maybe it was a glitch. 
But I thought that was super interesting that they got rid of it. And I think that's important because, like, everyone's constantly comparing themselves. And I think that Instagram is, like, a place to brag, which, like, I really try not to make it a thing that I'm bragging. I try to make it, like, this is what's out there. This is what's cool. Like, um, I would, I will post, like, times when I'm freaking out, too. Oh, my gosh, I have an assignment to do and I have so much homework to do. Like, I try to be as real as possible. Like, no. Is it not, is social media not just all about attention? And I don't, and I don't mean attention with a negative or a positive yeah. stigma around it. And usually it's negative, mm-hmm. but it seems like you're signaling to others. You're sending a message. Yeah. That, hey, this is me right now, or this is what I'm doing. And this is what I listen as somebody who's very new to Instagram. Mm-hmm. I had to make it for this podcast. I, f- I, ch- I, f- I find myself always, you know, Checking. when I put, po- when I do a post for a new episode or thing, I check and it, and it bothers me that it, bo- it bothers me. And then it bothers me that it bothers me. It's I get what you're saying. It's like very, it's a very weird dynamic and, and noticing who likes and who, and right. you also do the math like, Hey, who didn't? And, and, and play and doing that, all that stuff for attention where there are times where I just need to get off of Instagram and yeah. just be like, Hey, I'm out, I'm out on this. I can't do it. It's not good. For, it's not good for my own mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when it comes, oh, listen, Instagram can be a very positive place where like, if you're trying to grow your podcast and, but you, but you don't know the backstory. Like you just said, you're trying to check your likes and you're worrying and stuff. And that happens to everyone. But I was always posting and my, my mom, like I love her. And she's like, Chloe, like maybe you shouldn't post so much. Like people are going to get the wrong idea of you. Like you're posting, you're at these sober raves. People are going to think you're drunk. I'm like, but it's a sober rave. She goes, you're not saying that. And I was like, okay, but like, this is, but, like, but this is who I am. That's also a good point, right? Cause when you're sending that message, you are right. sig- you're signaling people. You have to, in a way, and, and it's unfortunate because, listen, we're all human. We all right. judge. And by judge, I mean we look at something and we make assumptions. We use our own experience against it. If I see somebody dressed up in neon dancing, I, I would assume they're under the influence of, right. al- of, of, of alcohol or, or substances. Wow, right. I sound like 65. Ah. Whether they're drunk or on drugs. Like, let's be- don't drink and drink. No. Right. I, mean, no, I would probably post like sober at 6 in the morning, but like my mm-hmm. mom's like – what you're posting, I'm, I love my mom very close, but she's like, my heart's just crazy because she's looking out for me. She's right. like, people are going to think you're this crazy party girl. I'm like, well, I am a party girl. I just don't drink and smoke. But no one really knows that unless you're my good friend. Like, you know that I don't drink. But right. I guess looking back on what I was posting, it looks like that. What was really interesting was that during COVID, in the beginning stages, like, I would post, like, me, like, I think, like, me being real and being, like, I'm freaking out. Like, well, what's going on? Just to, like, show people that, like, my life is far from perfect, you know? Like, it's not like everything's great and I'm and I'm constantly doing so much. It's like... Why did you feel the need to show to others? I don't know why, but, like, people, a lot of people reach out to me when I post. Like, I make a joke that I'm kind of, like, an influencer, but I'm not. Like, I joke right. about that with my friends. But then, like, the other day, like... 400 people watch my story. I'm like, wait, what? That's so many. And like half the people I don't even know. And I'm like, why are they watching my life? Why am I allowing that? And I'm like, it's just so weird to me. And I was away in December. I was away. I went to Florida for Christmas. And I was supposed to go out with this guy. And he blew me off. And I posted on Instagram where I was. And he reached out to me. And I was like, what? What the heck? And I, I started realizing a trend. Every night when I was posting, this person would message me. And I was like, what is going on? And I'm like, wait, I'm allowing this. Because I'm like, oh, if I post. And I said to my friend, I'm like, watch, if I post this, he's going to message me. And I was like, why am I playing this dumb game? I'm 26. Like, I'm, the only person that's allowing this to happen is myself. Because I'm, I'm allowing myself to post this. So I'm allowing creeps and I'm allowing weirdos to message me. And, you know? And I, and I decided... And it was happening a lot while I was in Florida on vacation. Like, a lot of, like, things were happening with, like, guys. And I was just like, this isn't good for me. Like, it's making me upset. And I'm like, I need to do something. And I decided for, like, 2021 that I'm not posting on Instagram for a whole month. I'm like, I'm not reaching out to anyone. My real friends will reach out to me. Um... I just, I, I wonder who will notice if I'm, like, not posting as much or, like, just say anything, you know? Like, I wonder who really does care. 
But it was, like, kind of an experiment, but not, but, like... No, it's an experiment. You're yeah. trying to test the waters to see who really gives a shit. Your, right. me- your metric is, if I stop posting, will people notice? Will people right. notice and, and reach out? And then you'll, you decide those are the people that give a shit about you? I was just, like, I just don't want to post. Like, why am I, I'm like, I make my life so not private, you know? Like, why does everyone need to know what I'm doing? It's a lot of pressure, right? When you're sharing everything with everybody. Right, and a lot of people would message me too. Right, and that's the other side I want to give you a lot of credit here. Yeah. I may sound like I'm being a little harsh, but no, I want to give you a lot of credit here, is that you're being judged for what you post, but unless you show it, the people who are looking at it and saying, oh, here we go, Chloe again, post your story, don't know about every person that reached out to you for a tip on where to go or a thank you, hey, I was really struggling here today too, Mm -hmm. and by seeing you posted it, it related. And that stuff happens in most, I don't know, some people choose to shit. I've seen some people on, on, on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or if people still use that one, um, share that share that feedback to let other people know like, hey, this is why I do what I do for validation right. for a lot of reasons. But I do think that is a missing aspect because people don't know the full story of, hey, you're getting these messages right. that may fuel why you're doing it. But I think it's even better, even more so that you decided, hey, I'm going to take a month off and just see yeah. what happens and give myself a break. Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to give my yeah, I just wanted to give myself a break out. I was really stressed out with grad school. I'm like, I really need to focus on like studying for my tests. Like, I just have a lot going on, you know. And I was just like, I'm done. And that month, when I decided that I'm deleting my social media, I was studying for my test. Ended up passing my test. Well, so far I only know about one part, which is really great. And then. And my, my boyfriend in that time when I, when no one, no one was seeing anything about me. Do you know what I mean? So when you stop, when you, when you kind of put the curtains up, mm-hmm. that's when you started to find yourself and people stuff and people with whatever you want to attach it to started to find you and see you. Right. Like I was like, okay, January 1st, this woman called me to like set me up. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Like, what? It's like New Year's. Like, who's calling me? It was like the weirdest thing ever. And that whole month in January, I was talking to my, like, I was talking to my boyfriend. But like, but I I wasn't being, I wasn't posting that whole month. So it was so so weird. You know what I mean? Usually, if you were dating someone, you'd post on Instagram? No, no. I mean, like, I think that if... I was posting on Instagram like all the time that I've been doing, I wouldn't have given this guy a chance. Or I would just been distracted. I would have been looking at other guys comparing, I don't know, like I've been getting messages from other guys because that's what was happening, but I stopped it. So I was saying it's like in that time that I like stopped, I like really just focused on myself. That's all, I think that's really incredible. I think a lot of people talk about doing it, a lot of people say that they do it, mm-hmm. not a lot of people actually do it. So a lot of credit to you and i run three instagram accounts so to stop posting is that's a big deal for you yeah i had a post on my moishas account because like for my upcoming events but like that's for your job yeah so i couldn't completely go off the grid and now even when i post sometimes i'm like should i post that and like i'm like i don't want to get an eye on hara you know but then i'm just like sometimes i'm just like whatever like i i i I, it might like I can't wrap my head around when I like post on Instagram and I do a poll and I'm like, whoa, 14 people voted on this? I'm like, wait, what? Like 400 people actually watched my story? Like, it's just weird to me. Like, I don't, cause I don't, I, I unfollowed every single person. The only people that I follow are my two other accounts. So I don't follow anyone. My mom just made me follow her yesterday, but I don't follow anyone. So it's like weird that these people are constantly watching my life. Why is it weird? You're putting it out there for them to see. Right. The goal is for people. You don't right. post a, you're not posting a story for you. You're posting a story for them. I'm just like, I just post and I'm like, whatever. Why do, you think, Why do you think it's weird? I, I just, I got what you're saying. Cause I, yeah, I am posting it for people to see, but it's like, there's certain people who always watch everything I do. And I don't even, I don't, I haven't even spoken to them once in my life. Well, yeah, some people just, some people might just click it. Right, that's true. So I, I, listen, I see the red. It's designed to be red, so you click it. Right. They social engineer it, so we click it. I can right. tell you, I I'm follow some people, and I, I click them, and then I just, just to get rid of it. And right, yeah. I do that. So I don't know, yeah. you might be reading a little too much. I'm, you might be reading a little too much into I it. I think that's what social media does to you. Oh, 100%. So, I, don't, I don't think that's just social media. I think that's life. That's human yeah. social interactions. Yeah. We're both sitting across from each other reading the other one. Right. That makes sense. Um... 
Yeah, but for like mental health, I don't know. I think it could be, a, I don't know. I think there's like pros and cons to everything. Like could be, you could have good days, you know, bad days, you know, like you can see, you know, oh, your friends did this and they didn't invite you. You know? Oh, this is a big one. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Let's say you're in a friend group. Let's say you're three <laughs> I'm gonna friends. Get in trouble. Don't get. Eh, don't. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. You're not comfortable to. But you're. You're in a. Let's say you're in a friend group. There's four of you in the friend group. Right. How do you ever get together with one or two of them? Right. Without getting the fourth, or do you have to do everything as a as a four? No, I don't think you have to do everything as a four. And then how do you do that? How do, like I, I I personally don't believe that, and I think the way personally the way I found it is you just have to set. It's all about the relationships and the friendship yeah. that you've already created going into it. But if you do post on social media and you're the one left out, it, it hurts. It hurts. Of course it hurts. I mean, that has happened to me before. It recently just happened to me. And I was just like, if you're my real friend, like, I'm just going to tell you on his nice side. Hey, I'm hurt. Which, like, I would normally never do. I usually just push this aside. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping all this cookie cutter stuff. Like, this is how I feel. This is exactly how I'm telling you. I used to be so scared to tell people how I felt. And, like, I guess I'm seen as a confident person. But, like. I never really told people how I felt, like, hey, this hurts my feeling, or hey, I like you. I just, like, would beat it around the bush, and now I really just don't do that. I just, like, kind of have, like, I don't give a F attitude, and I'm, like, if you're going to make me, if you're not going to respect me and make me feel bad about myself, I am going to let you know, you know, and if you don't respect me, then bye, I don't need you. I'm going to guess that there's a background to this and how it led it up to it. Do you want to go there? Is this stem from, like, you know, childhood, high school? Middle school. Um, was that, you mentioned like you used to like, right. be, uh, used to be you keep to yourself. You keep yeah. your in. I think it, that stems to my like, back to my like my learning disabilities. So like, you know, it's like if someone leaves you out, you're like, did I do something? Is something wrong with me? Am I stupid? Like, you know, you're always I'm always pointing the finger towards me. Like, what did I do? And I'm like, sometimes I don't even do anything. It's not me. It's them. You know. Right. So. I think me trying to please everyone and I, as a kid, I was always like that nice kid. I was, I think I'm a nice person because I thought that if I was nice and I could be lovable, people wouldn't think that I'm stupid because I was put in a special class for my learning disabilities. So I go to a special school and be pulled out from all my friends and go to a religious school and be with eight kids in a class and, you know, people are calling me names and it was embarrassing. I hated it so much. I got suspended in fourth grade because I like went into the office and stole pens and white out and thumbtacks. And I was like, get me out of this school. And I got suspended for two days and it was the happiest I ever was. Good for you. Honestly, good <laughs> for you. Like, no, sometimes you got to take the power back for yourself and, and, and you put in a shitty situation. You got to get, got to do what you got to do to get out of it. But, I respect that. But it's so funny because like, I was such a goody guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a teacher now. Yeah. So it's funny that like when I was in fourth grade, I got suspended. Like who gets suspended in fourth grade? I'm a good, like in high school, like in ninth grade, I would never ditch class. Senior year, I didn't care. But like, I would always do my homework. Always. Like I'm a really hard worker. Like I would fail tests because I couldn't really understand. But I'd always pass my homeworks and always work so hard on my homeworks. And when I got to college, I remember like, I was taking a sewing class. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I was like measuring rulings, using a ruler, sewing. I was like, I never did this before in my life. And the people in my class went to public school, so they had home act and they had the resources and they were making fun of me. And it made me go back to when I was a child and I was like, why are you making fun of me? Like, shouldn't you be proud of me that I'm trying to learn a skill? Like, and then I kind of shut them up. And my friend in the class, he was making fun of me. He's like, how is this your hardest class? Like, this is so easy. This class isn't easy. I'm like, it might be easy for you. It's not easy for me. It was a three-hour class on Fridays, right before Shabbat. So it was very stressful. Right. And I didn't have class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I would go to my professor's office hours and make up all my work. And I remember I started crying to my professor. Like, broke down to my professor. I'm like, I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. And she's like, Chloe, she's like, you're a hard worker. People don't want to work with a smartass who knows everything, who doesn't show up to class. People want someone who works hard and is putting in the work. And she's like, that's you. Ended up being that I got a B plus in the class and the guy who made fun of me got a D. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, because he, because he didn't show up to class. And if you miss one class, it's three hours. So I was like, it took me a really long time to realize, no, I'm smart. Like, it's, even now, I'm like, I have to be smart. Like, I have a job and I'm in grad school and I'm doing well with no help, you know? Like, I always had a resource room, extra time, like, 
even my test I just passed, uh, they wouldn't like, give me my extra time and I took it without it and I passed. And I'm running events. And I'm like, I have to be smart. I'm doing all these things, you know? But it's hard for me to feel like that when, you know, it triggers like emotions back when I was younger. So like, if someone doesn't treat me with respect, that's me, that's me. You're telling me that you think I'm dumb, that I don't deserve to be treated a certain way. And I'm just like, nah. Not anymore. So it all really stems back to, I mean, you got me ready to run through a wall right now, inspired <laughs> and like so unbelievably powerful. And it seems like it all stems back from just being a kid. And like you said, you had learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. I want to go yeah. further into that. But I just want to say, I think it's, you can see how those things have really impacted your life. And I love how you've kind of learned to own it and to, and to take the power from it yeah. and, and to dissociate not being able to, because you learn differently or because yeah. you don't. It, you don't take the test the same way as anyone else. You disassociate that with the word smart. And I, as, as someone who struggled a, a bit in school, a lot in school, and learning to sit down and watching other kids, I always hated feel, that feeling when you, cause you don't, yeah. when you learn differently, you don't, because you didn't do that and you, you think you're stupid and it's so different. Right. It's so, it's, so dissoci- it's so dissociated from it and no one can ever take away hard, right? No matter how smart or mm-hmm. whatever IQ, whatever metric you want to use, no one can ever take away how hard you work. Yeah. And that's all effort. And that's like your professor said, that's showing up is half the battle and then working hard yeah. the rest. I mean, I'm, I know I'm a hard worker. Like my, before COVID, my friends are joking and say, Chloe doesn't sleep. Cause I was always, I was on the go club. That's my Instagram on the go club. I was always doing stuff. And I think the reason I was always doing stuff was because I couldn't be alone with my thoughts. So I constantly had to prove to myself that like, I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm to like distract me from my own feelings, you know, like, I never knew how to relax. Oh man, I know the feeling. Yeah, so like that's why I'm saying COVID made me relax in the summer, even though like things were happening. Like, I got to like just chill and be with myself, spend a lot of family time, which was a little bit crazy at, at points. But like, it was also kind of nice. Like, I kind of missed that time. I know it sounds crazy, but I kind of missed the time where I was like, just like chilling at home and, and like doing Zoom. Now I'm in person, wearing my mask and like. I'm working a full day and then I'm on, on Zoom school for three hours. So it's like a lot. And I'm learning all about learning disabilities because I'm getting my master's in it. So like, it's so interesting now how like being back then when we were in, when we were growing up, like you were seen as a problem. Like there wasn't really the right resources to help you. Like if you learn differently, like, okay, like sucks for you. Like I had to go to a different school and leave all my friends and then when I came back two years later, like, I didn't have any of my same friends. And, like, it was really hard for me. Like, I would, my, me and my mom were just talking about the other day. Like, I would come home crying every day, you know, because I thought I was different. And no one, the teachers were not skilled. And the teachers were not taught how to, how to treat. Like, if you just, if you couldn't pass a test, like, sorry, you're dumb. Like, that's how, that's. Right. And they, and they lumped you all together into one group and made that your identity and a target for other kids. Yeah. And now I. And now that I'm learning about it, it's so, like, now, like, the Learning Disability, like, the Disability Act is so much better than it was, like, when we were growing up. Like, they have so many new resources, and it's so important because everyone has issues. No one's perfect. Like, even the smartest kid in my class, he wasn't social. So, like, there's a whole social-emotional aspect. You can bring, you can, like, you can be super smart, but if you don't know how to talk to a person, that's, that's just as bad. No. Right. In the same way, it limits your, it, if you're like that, it limits your opportunities and fields that you can go into and your options. Right. No matter how smart, no matter how yeah. smart you are. You have to have everything. So like I was telling my boss the other day, I'm like, this is the first year where I feel so connected to my students. I only have eight kids. And this is over Zoom. Or is no, this now in I'm in person. Um, but I'm wearing, we're all wearing right. masks. Right. It's the first year I've been teaching for five years. This is the first year where I only have eight students. Last year I had 19. Wow. Jeez. Because of COVID. Right. And I'm like, it's so much better for the kids. I, I'm so close with each of my students. Like, they have so much individualized support and attention. They wouldn't have had that. If I had 10 more kids in the class, like, it wouldn't be like that. And it's just such a different year. And the kids are just so happy to be with each other. The, the behavior problems are not such a big issue this year, my boss is saying, because I think the kids are just so excited to be with each other. And even the kids that act out, I kind of know how to deal with them just because I was that kid. Oh, so you think you project your your stuff onto them? Yeah, I know how to deal with the kids that, like, are wild. They just have to channel their energy into other things. Right. And that's why I'm, like, I don't like someone else, like, like, telling me what to do. So, like, 
I'm like, no, because like I approach things in a different way just because I know I know what to do and that uh, my coworker might not agree with me, you know? Thank God I love my coworkers this year. I'm just speaking hypothetically. I just figured now is a great time to do grad school because it's COVID and nothing else is going on. Well, what's going on? Well, yeah, but I'm saying like, I'm like, I might as well do graduate school cause, and, get, and make more money and get, and get my master's out of this. Um, and work with kids with learning disabilities because I think the best teachers are the ones that experience it firsthand. So I just like have more opportunities. Um, yeah, like. And have you noticed the change with COVID and, and your students, both the ones before and the ones that you're working with now on how COVID and all these, um, all, of, all this has affected their own oh. mental health? Oh yeah. It's so sad. I feel so bad for the kids. Like they were just, they're, they're, I teach five year olds. They were even saying today, they're like, we don't like Zoom school. It's just like, this is the reality. And so sad that when they, and I'm learning all about social, emotional and like cognitive learning, but I never like knew it. So like, I didn't realize how important it, like, I just never thought of it in those terms. Like kids need to be interacting with other kids. Like I've been taking notes and I've been doing like um, assessments and assignments and it's like, and does this kid play nicely with this kid? Like, no. Or does this kid play only play only can only be play with other kids and not be independent? It's so important to to have those social emotional. Like, who cares if you're the smartest kid if you don't know how to interact with someone? That's just as you, that that takes skill. You, that's also smart. Right. It's part of the equation for sure. Yeah, and what was I gonna say? I don't know. Just like, oh. I want to bring this now back. <laughs> I want to now bring this, you know, back to you. And I, I love oh. all that you're doing. I knew what I was going to say. Everything stems back from your childhood. Everything. Think so? Yeah. That's what I learned, like, in my, in my textbooks. Like, people that act a certain way, it comes from their childhood. Like, I was, when I was home from Shabbat, mm-hmm. I was talking to my mom. And my mom, you know, ran out of will start crying. And my mom was like, you know, I didn't know what the right choice was to do when you were younger. Like, do I put you in a special school to help you with your disabilities? Am I seen as a bad mom if I do that because you didn't want to be away from friends? Or did I do the right thing? Like, as parents, parents don't know what to do. And tons of parents ignore. They don't want to, they, they don't want to, um, what's the word? Like, they don't want to put their kid away from the, their other kids. There's a word. They don't believe it. Like, they, I forgot. Explain the concept. The word. They just, like, don't, they just don't want to believe, naive. They're naive. Uh, they don't want to believe that their kid has, is Oh, yeah, they're in denial. In denial. Sorry, that's the word. Okay. I knew it was a D word. They're in denial. And that's the biggest problem because you're hurting your child at the end of the day. So we were just talking, like, about how, whatever, someone, like, whatever. We just know a situation where someone kind of went crazy. And, like, it's, and I think it's really because they didn't get the help when they were younger because the parents don't want to address it's like, it's like, oh, my kid's a problem. I don't think I was a problem to my parents. Like, I just, everyone has problems. But like, I just think, I just need extra help. Right. So if you don't address that when you're young, it's just going to come out as, like, bigger problems when you grow up. Right. I really believe that. Right, and I think a lot of this, a lot of, I do believe, you know, the childhood does matter in, in developing, you know, our character and our traits and our values and beliefs and all this and, all, and everything that kind of comes up to it. I also then we get do get to a point where we can now then, you know, take action. And I think you're a pretty good example of somebody who, like you mentioned, should flip the switch at 21. Mm-hmm. You were somebody and then decided I'm going to work at being somebody else. Well, Chloe, I want to get back into, you know, you and what you, and a lot of things you, you brought up with, you know, when you were growing up or in high school, you mentioned dealing with your learning disabilities and so stuff, did you have, and how did it affect, you know, your own makeup of mental health? Did you have any idea of, like, what that went into and how that built out into your struggles going as a young adult? Yeah. Um, school is very hard for me. Um, I remember, oh, I actually remember in second grade. No, first grade, when we were learning um, Hebrew. I just, like, didn't understand. Like, I was like, how is my friend, my, my friend's really, she's like a genius, and I was like, how do you even know? I'm like, first of all, coming from kindergarten, you're learning English. You start to learn another language at the same time. I was like, what the heck? Like, I was coming home and I was like, I, I, I remember first grade. I also had a horrible teacher. She was really bad. I think she got fired. But like, no one was helping me. I was so lost. I was drowning. I was drowning. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand this. How are they? Like, I was freaking out and I was so young and like. 
I think I, I think I went to a freaking therapist because I, I, I couldn't deal with anxiety. And then when I was in second grade, um, I remember we were learning like how to tell time, and I just I couldn't do it. And it's like so scary when you're in a class and you just aren't getting the word, and you're, and then they started pulling me out of class and getting help. And then how did you? How are you feeling in these moments? And I think I was. Moments. I think I was embarrassed to get pulled out of class. Like. No, I can't imagine what it's like being in class, and and and, and I know, but I know because I've dealt with similar things yeah. where you. You don't, everyone's getting something and you don't. Right. And it's like, is there something like, wrong with my brain? Like, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? Yeah. Like, it was embarrassing getting pulled out, you know? Like, why? But then I kind of liked getting pulled out because it was like fun. Like, I got like Hershey kisses and stuff. I'm like, I got help with my homework. So I was like, oh, I kind of like this. But like, I would have liked it if no one knew. Right. You know, like, if I like, had to stay after school and do that, not get pulled out of my class. Um, but then I guess there would have been that aspect of like, well, I don't just do late after school, you know? Right. Like, it's a long day. It's a long it's day. It's a long, long day. And then you have to, and people are asking you why you're staying after school right. or doing stuff like I mean, this. Then you have to answer those questions. You don't want to tell the truth because you're a kid. You don't want to be different. And, right. and, and, the, and listen, kids are no idea what they're doing. They're ruthless. They can be ruthless and bullying oh my is, gosh. I mean, is brutal. And questions. Bold questions. There's no, the yeah. kids. No filter. My students, no filter. They ask straight up what is going on. Um, you know, it's, it's a hard day. Like, going to a Jewish private school, like, you start early in the morning. You're there until late. Like, it's a right. long freaking day. And then you have, like, so much homework. And I, I, I couldn't do it. So, in third grade, I was still on after. But I was in this... They took me out of my class. And they put me in this small class and I was in third grade and I was with first graders I was like why am I here I'm in third grade why am I with first graders I felt like a dumb idiot because my 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 like room my classroom was like down the hall right next to my other classes so all my friends would see me in this separate classroom and it was like it was just so sad for me I, I had a phone my parents got me a Nokia phone in third grade because I had to like call my parents and I was like freaking out like Third, I don't, it's so funny, I don't even think about these things until I'm talking about it now, like, third grade, had a cell phone in third grade. So did I. Really? Not one that I was allowed to use or take out of the house, but I really wanted one, I made, and I just made, I was just so stubborn and I wouldn't give up that I power moved my parents to just getting me a cell phone. Oh, well. Yeah, no, it wasn't for that. Just like, you're not the only third grader with this iPhone. <laughs> I had a little blue one, used to play a little like blocks a candy game. candy apple, like I played that snake uh, game on it. Oh, snake game was dope. That was the best, but no, it just... Yeah, I think I would just, like, leave class to, like, be on myself and play that sneak game. But, like, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that, like, I had a cell phone in third grade because I needed it. Absolutely. And, you know, all these things that to your child, I'm curious, you know, and, and you might talk about it when you're 21 and you got to 26, but what were the middle years like? You know, and you're going through all this stuff, change, you mentioned all these changing. And like in college? Co not older than college. You know, you mentioned you graduated college and then you were living in the city for a few years going through all oh, this. Oh, yeah, but like my, my work, like life, it, work life, so much better than school. Like, <laughs> work was, I think, like, I mean, I've been teaching for five years and I worked at three different schools. Um, Why teaching? So I was a theater major, and I've always been a hands-on visual learner. I always wanted to be in movies, I wanted to be an actress, I'm a dancer. Um, I used to take acting lessons when I was younger. By the way, I think kids with learning disabilities are very good when it comes to acting. I like realize that. Like Why? I've always been really good at remembering scripts and lines, which is like huge paragraphs, but I couldn't remember how to do a math problem, which is an equation. I don't know, I think, I just know, that I, I don't know what it is, but it's like something with their, how your brain works. Like, a lot of kids with dyslexia. Dyslexia. Yeah. Are very, are like, a lot of them are actors or actresses. Like, I think, because maybe you get, you like, create your own, a new persona every time, or? I wonder, I think, no, I think you brought up a point, uh, maybe, it could be, and I, I have no idea, I, if I would make the argument, it would be, you know, when you're different, and you learn differently, you have to learn how to, act. you, you want to be, you want to be what right, your vision so you normal. So you start to learn, you start to learn and you try to mimic other people. Yes. They try and fit, fit all the way in. And then the problem with trying to fit in is some people are successful, but most people aren't. And when you don't fit in a lot of people, you, you have to look for an identity somewhere. And I think the arts 
and the dramas mm-hmm. and and those and the school plays and all that stuff gives a gives a space for people to become whoever they want to become. If I'm play, right, if you're dyslexic and you play a part with a person's dyslexic, I'm, your identity can change. I'm no right. longer when I'm every day from four thirty to five thirty. I I'm not dyslexic. I don't have to be me anymore. I can create this character. Right. And I think besides for that, I think and I don't think this is a STEM thing. I think people do this all the time where. You, you try and reinvent yourself or try and yeah. become who you want to become until, listen, identity is a huge aspect, especially in our young adulthood, right? You're 26, I just turned 26, and the existential question of who am I and who do I want to be is a very, very tough one in, in, in figuring out what, where you want to go, and it can be very anxiety-provoking. You know, the unknown uncertainty um, is a big question for all of us, and learning, learning how to answer it is a huge step. Yeah, I remember when I was teaching, I had a kid who with like the class clown, like never listened to me, always like, <laughs> just like acting out. And I took him aside and I said, I think I gave him like stickers or something. And they were like in third, they were like in sixth grade, I think. Like he was like 12. And I said, hey, do you want these stickers? You can use them on your project. And he's like, okay. And he was so into it and he was so calm. I was like, that's so interesting. I feel like I'm a kid whisperer. Like I know how to deal with like, like, he was so calm after. He just, like, needed to channel his energy into something else. And I spoke to his mom after. And, like, I think you should take him to acting lessons. She's like, he really goes. He loves it. She's like, why did you say that? I'm like, I think he just has a lot of energy. And he needs to put it somewhere. And she's like, yeah, that's why. She's like, yeah, that's why I take him. And it was just, like, funny to me. I'm like, acting, like, you have to be very comfortable and confident step outside the box and a lot of people who have fear of public speaking take acting lessons. It's really good. Like for me, acting was like my favorite class. For my friend who's really who is uh does coding, she hated it. Right. It's her worst class. She just like I never had a fear of public speaking. I always am the first to volunteer to read in my class. Even though I don't even know how to pronounce the words. I rather even my professor said to me like Chloe, I love that you're very engaged but like we have to give other people a chance. Because I hate when the Zoom is silent and no one's talking. I'm like, I'm just gonna raise my hand and do it. Like, I, I'd rather speak and people think I'm dumb, but I don't think I'm dumb. I think you're dumb if you're not raising your hands and rather waste time. I'm like, I'm smart for raising my hand. Like, I don't know, I just started like, if like, if I have kind of the balls to do something and you're not, like in a way, like, I don't know if it's smart or dumb. It's, it's, I think it's, it's different like, metrics. I think it's, it's just, like brave. Cra- yeah, I'd say courageous, brave, vulnerable might be yeah, the word vulnerable. you want to use. Uh, vulnerability, I just recently learned by last week's episode that with Dr. Podolsky, you know, she really summarized it by quoting, you know, Brene Brown. It's having the, it's brave, the vulnerability is, is going into the arena without armor. You're mm-hmm. going into the battle, like you said, raising your hand, knowing that there's a chance, oh, knowing yeah. that, that you're not going to be able to answer the world, that is vulnerable. You're putting yeah. yourself out there and, and, and not, without knowing what the result's going to be. Right. You don't know if you're going to get the words right or they might get the wor- word wrong and you've already gamed it out in your head. Well, what if I get the word wrong? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? People are going to laugh at me? Okay, they laugh. Or, right. they, or they judge me? That's them. That doesn't tried. change you. I'm like, oh, great. The professor knows who I am. Great. Bye. And I was talking to the rest of the class. <laughs> I was so happy. Smart. I was like, great. Now she knows me. I was like, this is amazing, like, <laughs> you know, like, I'd rather the professor see that I'm hardworking and know who I am than me not say anything. Right. Okay, I got it wrong, big whoop. Everything's presentations now, because it's all, all on Zoom, and everything's assignments, there's no test. Right. So, you have to do a lot of presenting, which, I mean, I don't mind, because I'm fine right. with that. That gives the power back to people who excel at what you excel at versus mm-hmm. the test taker who's disciplined and can study down on a test. Oh my gosh, in my class last semester, I would always talk about my learning disabilities to my professor. I remember the whole class. Because that's what the class was about. It was about learning disabilities. I'm like, well, I have. And like, when I got to college, I had no help. And I made the dean's list. I was like, how the hell did I make the dean's list? Making a hater sick. Well, I worked really hard. I never failed a class in my life. I failed tests. I got 30s on my, my psychology, and no, my statistics class in psychology, Oh my god, that's the hardest class I ever took in my life. I would get 30s and 20s on my test, and the homeworks were timed. And it, it was like, Chloe, homework one, three hours, 100. Chloe, homework two, five hours, 90 to eight. Because right. I worked so hard on the homeworks, and I always got high on homeworks, but I always did wrong on the test. I'm like, that's so interesting. So I got 
I got a, like a D in the class because I didn't you know, right. fail me, but I wasn't gonna be able to grad. Like I had to get above a D. I had to get like a C. Right. I was freaking. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not gonna graduate college. I'm gonna retake this psychology class. No way. Turns out the semester later, my professor emailed us back saying that like, he was really harsh on us. He got the worst rating on our, our professor. He, <laughs> He was like, no, like negative. Like he was really hard. You got bullied into changing your grades. He bumped us up a letter. Wow. So I got a C. I went from a D to a C in his class. That's amazing. Listen, that's awesome. And good for him for doing a little introspection and noticing he's being a little bit of a dick to yeah. students. And the fact that he gave everybody a grade up means he really, really fucked he, kids over. Yeah, he was really hard. And I was like, thank God now I can graduate. I, I was like, there's that's no incredible. way. That's incredible. That must, that must have been the most anxiety-provoking. Oh, oh my gosh. Not I, knowing like, whether you're going to graduate or not. It's so funny because, like, I think about college. I'm like, how do I do all of this stuff? Like, and have a social life, you know? It's like, you don't think right. about it like that. And now, you know, once I finish my tests, it's like, there's always something to grab to, like, homework next, assignment next, presentation. It never ends. I have, like, a million tests that I need to take. And somehow I'm doing it, you know? And, like... I got an A in my class and I got a B in my class. I'm like, I'll take it. I got no help. Like if I was in person, I would be getting tutoring. I'd be getting, I would be getting so much help. And in a way, I'm like, okay, like I know what I'm capable of. And how has that changed your perception of yourself? Like I kind of just like don't know what's going on, but I somehow get nine out of tens on everything. Not so you don't have any, do you, do you have any confidence in yourself or is this just no confidence and you're just like, I don't know how I can do it? I have confidence. It's really hard because I, no one knows what they're doing. It's not just me. You think so? Yeah, I speak to my group my, my, in my class and like, no one knows what they're doing, but somehow we manage. It's because I have experience. I'm a teacher. I've been working for, for five years. Right, you've done the job. Right. But like still, it's so scary. Like when you have an assignment and it's like, I just got an out of time on my assignment. I didn't even know what I was doing, but like my midterm last semester, me and my friends went away for the weekend because my friend's birthday. And it was before Shabbat, and I brought all my notes with me because I had my midterm, and it was due that Monday, and I went away Friday. I brought all my notes, printed it all out because I keep Shabbat, so I was like, I have to do it all before Shabbat starts. I locked myself in the room for three hours when we got to the place, highlighted everything, took down notes, um, and like missed out with my friends. They were like, taking really nice like sunset photos, whatever. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I was like, whatever. But I was like, this is more important. I just like locked myself and did everything, wrote it down. And when I got home, and I enjoyed my, my Shabbat, I don't do any work on Shabbat, which is nice because in a way, I knew that I had to do everything on Sunday. So it's like, I feel like if I didn't keep Shabbat, then like I would have been like Non-stop. distracted. This way, I can't be distracted. I know. I got 20 out of 20 on my midterm. Congratulations. Thank you. I was like crying. I was so happy for myself. Like I was alone in my apartment. I was like, I can't believe I got 20 out of 20 on my midterm. Like I did something right. Like I was like, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I did it. I figured it out. And I was helping others. So I, the midterm to me was easy. I kind of, I kind of got it. I was like, it doesn't seem so hard. And I was like, wait, I can't believe I, I got like, that was crazy to me. That was like the craziest thing. And I was like, whoa. You know what I mean? Yeah, and listen, sometimes we surprise ourselves. We set our expectations of ourselves so low, and sometimes right. you gotta lower the bar just to make yourself, you know, and you accomplish. Eventually, you start raising it, and you meet those higher expectations, gain a little, gain a little confidence, a little steam, and find out what you can really do in life. Yeah, because what, especially because I'm, I'm doing education. It's not about tests. It's not about memorizing. Anyone can memorize stuff and be good at it. It's hard work. You have to put in the work. And that's what I do. You put in, I put in the work. If you don't put in the work, you're not going to succeed. Couldn't agree more. And as we wrap up, just curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, what you're looking for in your future and how you're going to maintain your own stability and sanity of mind. Yeah, I mean, it's like scary. Like every time you start a new job, it's scary. It's vulnerable. Like you learn, you know, you learn. You're like, am I doing this wrong? Like even something today at work happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, should I delete someone's email? Like, there's always going to be situations. Thank you so much to Chloe Rudensky for coming onto the podcast for such an open and honest conversation about her struggles with her own mental health, as well as what it was like growing up with learning disabilities and how she's been able to overcome it. She's an excellent example of how hard work and perseverance go a long way and that we're more than capable of what we think we are. 
If anybody out there is interested in coming onto the podcast, please reach out at don'tworryaboutapodcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on our Instagram page, Don't Worry About a Podcast, or Facebook page by the same name. And also give us a like and a follow to check out all the content that we have coming out and our previous content. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and I'll see you next week.